Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, author Jennifer Ann Gordon, author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series. I am joined once again, as always, by my two Vox Vomitus Vixens, Trisha Ridinger-McKee, author of the Beyond series, and Alison Martine, author of the Bourbon books. Hi! We are joined today by our esteemed guest, David Burr-Gerard, author of uh, The Epiphany Machine, as well as A Million Short Stories. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think is that the direction? It's, uh, oh, oh, I, I'm trying to push it up to a billion. Oh, like McDonald's. Exactly. I figure a million short stories isn't cool. A billion short stories is cool. That is very cool. So, David, tell us and tell our guests a little bit about yourself. So, uh, uh, um, so first of all, thank thank you very much for having me. This this is this is great, um, and it's a real honor to be here. Uh, um, uh, about myself, um, you know, I've written these two uh, these two books and these uh, a billion short stories. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I uh, um, I teach at the new I teach creative writing at the new school and the Nine Century Y, um, and uh, and other than that, as I was telling you guys uh, before we we went live. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time now in the pandemic uh, taking care of my kid. Uh, I have a, a beautiful two and a half year old daughter, um, and uh, we uh, we wind up playing a lot and watching Frozen uh, and Coco, <laughs> uh, and uh, and that's pretty much my life right now. How many times have you seen Frozen? Um, I, I haven't counted <laughs> and wouldn't count. It's definitely a billion and one. De- de- yeah. I've definitely more seen, more yeah. than your short stories. You exactly, yeah. I've more. definitely seen Frozen more times than I've published short stories. That is. Have you seen the sequel? Have you seen yes, Frozen yes, too? Electric we've, Boogaloo. We've <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yes, uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to offend anyone at Disney in case they're watching, but I'm not a fan no. of Frozen too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's fair because I saw it in theaters and yeah. I'm sitting there going. How did I draw the short straw that my husband gets to go see Wars <laughs> with our oldest? And right. I'm sitting here watching. What what is this? Do they yeah. even pull new songs or just pull them out and go? <laughs> if Kristen Bell sings it, it'll be okay. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so um, David, your book, the um, the Epiphany Machine, is such a cool concept. Um, so can you elevator pitch that or do you want me to just sure. say it's about a sewing machine that gives you <laughs> tattoos that's the epiphany of your life? I mean, you pretty much that, did. Is that's, that right? That's, 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 that's pretty much what, what, what the book's about. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, do you have tattoos? Um, you know, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that, that's a good question. And I intended throughout the process of writing the book to get to, to get tattoos because I thought like, well, now I have to. Uh, to get a tattoo, um, but part of what what drove me to write the book in the first place is that I, I'm uh, afraid of both needles and permanence, uh, <laughs> and and, uh, um, and and I could just never never exactly you know actually put myself under the needle. Um, and now the book's out. The book came out you know a while ago, so 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 I think I'm tattoo free now. You've dodged that publicity bullet, right? Exactly. There. exactly I know. Exactly. Do I have to read it? Is it in here? My, my my publicist did did uh, did ask me a, a number of times to to get a tattoo and and uh, you know I, I, it might have helped me sell 
I don't know, maybe five to ten copies. But but uh, <laughs> I was going to say you could have sold tens of books. Ex- like exactly. That. exactly. <laughs> We're there's, all like a, there's a niche no there, right there. Yeah, so, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a book signing slash tattoo party. Back oh, when you did. I did have people tag me on Instagram with, with not, not like permanent tattoos, but, but, but they got like temporary tattoos of, of, uh, of either things that were in the book or, yes, or things I that were, were occurring to them. And th- yeah, that, wow. that was very cool. So have you had anybody get a permanent tattoo that was based on your no, book? No, yes. no, no. If, if, if I got that, I would be, I'd be very happy. Uh, you know, oh. I'm afraid of tattoos, <laughs> but I have all the respect in the world for people who, who, get, who get them. So if anybody want, out there watching now wants to get a tattoo, um, yeah, feel, feel free to get in contact with me. I will be, uh, I'll be a friend for life. I will <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I've been looking to get another tattoo. Well, there you, you go. You have enough, yeah. Jen. I haven't. I haven't. I, I try to get a tattoo every time I finish a book, but we've been in pandemic, so I haven't gotten a tattoo in a while. Right, and I'm also running out of space on my body. Yeah. Th- that is that's something that happens. Yeah. Like running out of like good real estate that won't sag. <laughs> You're gonna start looking like a belter from from the Expanse series and work on here, and then like the face tattoos. It's a look. I don't want to do a face tattoo. I feel like it's too Mike Tyson. It's very prison tattoo, but if you're you're a true sci-fi diehard, you can start saying, this is Belter, you know, get it. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, um, when I was first writing the book, um, uh, one of the first questions I had is, okay, where is the tattoo going to go? And and I thought the face, um, but but then it just seemed like it's just that's too much body horror. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Uh, I we were talking about David Lynch before. I like David Lynch. I like David Cronenberg. Um, uh, major influences on me, but uh, all the weird uh, Davids. Uh, you like Olympics. David Byrne? Yeah. I, I, I was like, I'm a weird David. I, I gotta, I gotta like the weird David. <laughs> people. Exactly. My people. My yeah. tribe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, um, the concept of getting a tattoo that is like it an epiphany about who you are like mm-hmm. as your core being mm-hmm. to me sounds terrifying mm-hmm. and beautiful and i know your yeah. book is listed as science fiction or mm-hmm. you know literary <laughs> science fiction uh mm-hmm. we always fight within ourselves about what our categories are like what it's what true. am i writing what is this yeah. uh, uh, i f- i feel like yours also could be literary horror I like that as a concept. Uh, I, I, I mean, to be honest, I've never been that interested in genre distinctions. I'm always like, I just want to read good books, uh, um, and uh, um, you know, probably the biggest influence on this book was uh, Kafka's *In the Penal Colony*. That uh, short story. There's a, a torture device um, that uh, uh, essentially tattoos the crimes of prisoners on their back and writes it over and over again until they die, um, and uh, and that certainly. Um, a kind of, you know, if you're going to classify that, um, I don't know if you call it speculative horror or, or just horror or, or whatever, or just Kafka. Uh, um, Kafka. The exactly. category is Kafka. Yeah, the category is Kafka. Uh, um, and, uh, um, and and that's how I feel about my work, too. Uh, you know, I, uh, um, I love to take influences from everywhere. I, I, uh, um, there's no, um, you know, genre that, that I'll say like, oh, you know, I'm, ab- I'm above that genre or, or, or what have you. I, I just want something that's lively, that's going to be interesting to me, that's going to scare me. Um, and uh, um, uh, and I use scare broadly, not just in horror, although certainly horror is great. Um, but uh, um, but that, that's, that's what I'm interested in. So, so yeah, yeah, you know, it's, my book is called Science Fiction by the Publisher. 
Um, but uh, um, but that's just what they got. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're primarily a short story writer. Would you call yourself that? No, I mean, I, I would say that I uh, um, I'm, I would call myself primarily a novelist. Uh, uh, um, actually, this is, the, this is the first time anyone suggested that I'm primarily a short story writer, which is interesting to me. Um, and, and, I, and I like it um, because I, I like short stories as well. Um, but uh, um, I was drawn to writing by novels. Um, and, uh, um, and most of the time I'm working or trying to get myself to work on novels. Um, but, uh, um, here and there I'll write, I'll write short, short stories and, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So eventually they add up. And you just say you fit, you feared permanence. Fear so permanence, I feel like, exactly. yeah, I feel like a novel is a commitment when you get into it. <laughs> that, that, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never made, made that connection before, but, but, uh, um, I, I like making, um, the uh, leap into into novels partially because they can change a lot uh, yeah. um, unlike tattoos so, so you get a tattoo and that's your tattoo yeah um, but um, you start writing a novel um, and this novel you know I worked on off and on for about 10 years um, yeah. uh, and uh, um, and it changed a lot um, initially I just had um, uh, the idea like oh the epiphany machine basically that the, the the title came to me first, which, by the way, is not how I would recommend anyone <laughs> write a book. Uh, um, it's a terrible, terrible way uh, um, because I was like, okay, I, this is great. I have this this uh, this this title, and now I have to have oh characters and a story. And all those <laughs> <things>. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, and I had many many false starts over many many years, um, and uh, um, actually, some of those false starts appear in the book. In the form of the testimonials that that uh, that venture those are the best. But I, I mean, I, I I like them a lot. Yeah, uh, um, and uh, there's sort of like um, little little short stories that that, that appear, um, and and so in some ways it's true that the, the book is kind of a hybrid of a novel and a short story collection, and part of that is because of my own uh, my own lack of commitment. You, you you immediately saw right 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 through to the I saw, heart. I saw through yeah. it. That's your epiphany tattoo. Yeah, yeah. There, there you, there you go. Short story writer. That, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, and I was just gonna say, I I see the short story aspect, and I was explaining just for people who aren't familiar with the book, it's a non-linear narrative in many ways. Even though the main main story is quite linear, but you have these out of sync testimonials, these interviews, and then segments from this other book that is as beautiful. And that style is very different from the rest of the book as well, because those are incredibly literary and the repetition you use in some of this and some of those other sections, they're almost like a different author wrote them. And I've never read something that has so many different voices coming together in a way that works. It's harmonious, but it gives you this experience that you just don't get with other books, even in other books that you might read asynchronous timelines or multiple points of view you're reading this this thing that feels like it's five different books all at once and so you never have a chance to even get bored in a half second because the minute you're in one thing you're pulled into the next point and you're getting someone else's point of view about something that gives a completely different spin on the thing you just heard and i've just i've never experienced anything like that and i know that i'm sure a lot of people are going well, this doesn't sound anything like science fiction. And if I didn't know it was science fiction based on where I found it in the library, I wouldn't have guessed it was science fiction because there's nothing to me about it that science fiction other than the fact that how this machine works, works. Mm-hmm. De- defies any explanation. 
Well, well, well uh, um, thank you very much. I mean, that's exactly how I, I hope the people would read it uh, and that they would respond to the way that I, I tried to braid the stories. Uh, I hear from a lot of people who say like, oh, I, I like this one aspect of it, but why'd you do, you know, the other aspects? Or, or, uh, <laughs> and it's we all hear that. Advice, exactly. <laughs> we just do this after a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take my headphones out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, but, uh, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that's one thing that's really fun to me uh, as a writer uh, it's to try on kind of different voices. People say like, find your voice. Well, I don't want to find just one voice and just like, uh, maybe this goes back to being afraid of permanence. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want one who, uh, um, I want to just write, write in the same voice, uh, mm-hmm. all the time for, for many years. Uh, there's, there's some writers uh, who, uh, um, so, you know, I'll, I'll like one book that they, that they, uh, wrote and then I'll read that one. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of like the, uh, the first one. And then I'll read a third one and I'm like, okay, I, I, I kind of get this now. And then I don't read them again. Uh, um, you call those people one trick ponies. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. You know what? If it's a good pony and people want yeah. that pony, they know what that's they're true. getting and that's fine. But I think most of us would feel constrained always yeah. to do that. And, and there, there are some um, writers who find a pony that's really worth re- to continue with the meta- metaphor, maybe, maybe, maybe beat this dead pony into the ground to like <laughs> ride it for, for, for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and to, uh, to really great effect. I mean, um, you know, uh, some of my favorite writers like Philip Roth and Alice Munro, um, that they're, they're not necessarily going to, um, sound much different from book to book, but they're going to, going to really go deeply in, into that, into that voice. And um, they give and, a different spin on it. So it's, yeah, it's not literally exactly. the same story. That, that, that's certainly true. That's certainly true. Like, uh, um, and, and, and they, um, they can continue to engage with their material from different angles, um, and, and, you know, in, in different ways. And, and that's, that's great. That, um, that is, um, and, you know, there, there are days when I, when I, when I kind of wish that I were with that kind of writer that, uh, that I, that I just like knew what I wanted to do all the time and would just do that. Um, would that be easier? Cause then you'd be at least directed somewhere. I think it seems easier to me because I'm not that kind of writer. I, 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 I think, um, one common experience for writers is to think, uh, okay, if only I were, different <laughs> everything would be fine uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you know uh, um but but uh, uh but i'm not i'm not that kind of writer i'm i i like to uh um to experiment with with different voices and different and different approaches um and that's just who i am so i we appreciate that so here's my anecdote from today i got my book bub email of like here's the books that are on sale and i saw an author that i really like and i went mm-hmm. oh i should buy this i read the description mm-hmm. and i'm like i should really I, i'll buy this so i went on amazon kindle and it was said you've already purchased this book have you already read it <laughs> And then I was like, oh, I probably haven't read it. So I lo- yeah, right. scroll through my Kindle, determined, no, yeah. I've read it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then I looked at all the covers and I'm like, they are all the same and have the same kind right. of title. <laughs> yeah, right. I love the author, but it was just one yeah. of those moments where I thought, oh, this is what happens when I don't know if I've read all of their work or if I've just read one book. Right. Twice or three yeah. times. I've actually checked out books from the library and started reading them going, this feels really familiar. I've, I've read done it. it. Yes, yeah. I've, I've done that. Chapter in the library, going. I just go, all right, I already have it. If I didn't have something else to do, then I would read it again. I don't have time for that now, but back in right. the day, I'd be like, well, it didn't stick the first time. Let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because your style and like your, um, your inspiration is kind of all, I don't want to say all over the place, but it's varied. 
Uh, does your publicist and your publisher and your agent, do they just say to you, you're very hard to market? Because we've we've heard that from other authors. Like, we heard that from Matt Ruff of Love yep. Country, that his publicist yeah, right. is like, stop it. Everyone, every book is different. <laughs> so you laughed. So I think yeah, you have no, heard no, it. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't say that, that, that I've heard it in those words, but... but, but uh, uh, um, but 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 it's been the subtext of, of a few conversations that that I've had. Uh, fortunately, I'm I'm very blessed with my agent, um, who is uh, uh, actually a terrific friend as well as as just a terrific reader, um, and she really gets what I'm what I'm doing. She gets sort of the the, the deeper stuff behind you know what what I'm doing, um, and uh, um, uh, you know I'm working on my third book now. Uh, um, I don't have a contract for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this one is is uh, um, different. I, I guess I might as well just tell you a little bit about about, about what it's about. So um, give us the about exclusive. A, <laughs> it's, it's it's about a um, a professor of um, early modern revenge tragedy, so Shakespeare and his contemporaries. Um, and, I'm sorry, uh, I took a class very much like that because oh, 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 I went oh, to school for theater. Great. That's why I went. <gasps> Uh, I, I may actually want, want want to talk to you about that because <laughs> that, that that's very interesting. But uh, um, uh, but his wife and, and child are, are murdered in a campus shooting, um, and so he gets the uh, idea to uh, start writing op eds that are apparently in favor of gun violence, saying stuff like "I wish I had a gun to defend my wife and child," um, with the aim of getting invited to the um, convention of um, a, a certain organization that is, goes unnamed in the book and that, that I, mm. I, I won't mention here, but I, I, I think you probably, most of you probably guess. Um, and so he plans to get invited to that, to the national convention of that organization and assassinate the leadership. Oh my goodness. Um, I love that. Very, you don't have a contract for that yet? You don't have a contract? I, I, don't, I don't have a contract for that yet. No. Very Machiavellian meets Iago mm-hmm. from, oh, Othello. Yeah. Love that. Well, and I, I come at it from a political science background because Jen's our theater nerd, but I, I was an attorney before. <laughs> I, then that wasn't smart either. But my, my background. <laughs> Are you saying my theater degree wasn't smart? <laughs> it was way more useful. No, but I had I took certain classes just because I loved the professor. And one of my professors took he took a whole class that was on basically the politics of revenge. Mm-hmm. So right. when you went there, I'm like, so we're do- we're back into the Icelandic blood feuds. Go on, I'm listening. <laughs> if you put that in, I will I will happily help if I remember any of that because college was a long time ago. Yeah, you're but, right. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Pick you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> college was a long time ago, and it's been a long <laughs> pandemic for. Us. It's yeah. been a very long pandemic. Twelve years ago, so it's yeah. <laughs> still going. Yeah. Right. Uh, Alice and Trisha, do you have any questions specifically for David before I just blab on about theater? I actually do. I love that you said um, you had the title before the story idea. I've done that where I thought of a title and said, wow, that's kind of cool. Let's go with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know everyone's about inspiration and that's, um, do you find you come up with the story ideas through inspiration or do you actually sit down and think about it? Um, How do you come up with these ideas that are just incredibly unique and intriguing and amazing? Well, 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 uh, thank you very much. I, I mean, I would say the, the answer to that is that I just have ideas as I'm reading. Um, um, mostly it's with, with, with when I'm reading or just walking around. Um, and then um, 
there there are a, there are a lot of ideas, but ideas are kind of a dime a dozen. Uh, yes. um, uh, it's only about what you feel like you can um, you can bring bring alive to the page. Um, and so eventually, if something really gets into me, I'll uh, um, I'll sit down and start to work on it. Um, and then it's only when you start to work on it that more ideas come, or sometimes right. ideas don't come. Um, and uh, that happens to me too. Sometimes I'll, I'll have an idea. I'm like, yes, this is it. Um, and I'll sit down and I'll, I'll work on it. In fact, actually, um, about five years ago, I had an idea for a pandemic novel um, that, that I, and, I, and I thought, okay, this is it. Uh, I'm going to write this novel. And then, then I, just, I, I just wasn't into uh, um, the characters in the world that I created. So I, I set it aside. And now that we're in a pandemic, I'm like, in the, in the, in the alternate timeline where, where I had a pandemic novel, that, you know, I'd be rich and famous right now. Uh, um, but, but it just wasn't, wasn't meant to be. <laughs> Sad. Well, and we've, we've interviewed two authors who had yeah. pre-pandemic novels that came out shortly before the pandemic, right. and we're looking at them suspiciously like they're behind it almost. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's too it's specific. Too specific. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, but 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 that that also shows, I, I, you know, for those writers, this, that was like the novel, right? So so, so uh, um, but for me, it wasn't. So so it, it, you know, it had you have to have not only the idea, but it has to be the right idea for you at the right time, right? Um, the right fit. Yeah, exactly. And there were times when I was writing the Epiphany Machine where I thought this isn't the right <laughs> this isn't the right idea for me. Uh, um, there were many times when I, when I thought, okay, this was a great title, and I have nothing more than title. Uh, um, that's uh, when you get a tattoo that yeah. just says the Epiphany Machine. <laughs> <laughs> done. Done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> it, yeah. No. Uh, um, uh, you know, and, and it's uh, from this vantage point, I can I can look back and say like, ah, yes, this this was the novel that I was meant to write all along, um, because um, I look back on this novel and I'm like, wow, that there's a lot. I I feel like there's a lot of really good stuff in this novel. However, uh, um, uh, when I was writing it. Uh, um, uh, that's not what it looked like. It, it looked like, like like a process where I would get an idea and then I, and then I would second guess myself and, and so forth. Um, and uh, um, there were there were entire years when 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 I thought like you know am I even a writer? Is, is this going anywhere? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you're you're speaking my my song right there as far as the the novel that takes years and that's changing as you go and you're looking at it and as you're in it it's so hard to see what it is and it's not until you look back and you go oh hey there were things there yeah right yeah you yeah. didn't have to recognize yeah, that because true. sometimes the themes like the idea of I, i'm early in a working project right now mm-hmm. and i really don't even know where it's going mm-hmm. and i have to remind myself when i started the book that i have on sub right now i didn't know where that was going either right. and to give myself and i don't give myself any time anymore everything's mm-hmm. immediate so it's it's so good to be reminded that okay you don't always need to know where it is and no I I don't have a title for that but I didn't have a title for the book on sub till well I had to have a title before I put it in a query letter because they expect that for some reason right. yeah yeah right yeah could you name it later for me that they won't go with that they don't like name it later for me could be a title yeah name it later for me yeah that kind of sounds like the name of like a sleazy bar and like a a crime noir see yeah there you go name it later. Name it later. Name it later. Name it later. Oh, well, wow. somebody to, write that down. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask about the some of the, the characters involved because I've read, I don't know, I've read enough books to know that it's very uncommon when I find a character like your protagonist mm-hmm. where there's something that's just so vulnerable and real about him. And then I was reading some people are like, Ugh, I didn't like this person. And I just wondered if they were reading the same book I was. Because there was just something so heartbreaking about your protagonist. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of that 
like one of the things that hit me is because of the timeline, mm-hmm. I'm only a couple years older than the protagonist. Mm-hmm. So we're starting with a protagonist who he's in high school when this starts mm-hmm. and goes on. And those were my years in high school. Yeah, they were, they were my years in high school too. Things he went through. Okay, so I, I figured we were we were roughly the same. Yeah, right. We're all nineties yeah. high school kids. Yeah, yeah, nineties yeah, yeah. high school kids. Yeah, and and reading through and some of the events that they lived through. And I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm just mm-hmm. going. I know where I was with this, and then watching right. things spin out of control. I just mm-hmm. I just wanted to know how much of that was based on your own experiences, mm-hmm. as far as your own feelings of who you were in high school and where you thought you were going how much of that was you and how much of that was like, well, I just made up this character to put him through that, but he's, he's nothing like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, you know, I, I found this machine that, that tattooed epiphany is that I'm trying to figure out. I refuse to get one. I forced it on my best friend. Uh, uh, um, no, no, I got mine. It's right here. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where they go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's exactly. why I'm like, yes. And mine's a quote from Shirley Jackson. Yeah. So that does make that, that, That's actually pretty good, yeah. Jen's uh, been in a upstairs apartment getting some tattoos. Go yeah. on. <laughs> um, so so, so uh, um, when I had all these uh, stories uh, together, and I, just, I needed to pull something through, and I, I, I felt like I needed a, char- like a character who would get um, kind of a secondhand education from all these tattoos. And I thought, okay, well, why don't I uh, imagine myself uh, um, in that position? Um, and uh, um, and so, you know, I, I certainly don't want to overstate the uh, um, similarities of, of Venter to me. Of Venter's uh, mother is has abandoned him, and my mother certainly did not abandon me. My my mother uh, does a, a lot of a uh, 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 and to this day does a lot of my uh, a lot of childcare for, for, for me. So, so I, I, I so the opposite. opposite. It's, 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 it's quite, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Uh, um, we don't want mom listening to this right now. Yeah. <laughs> you base. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I actually at my launch, uh, um, my, my mom started telling pe- telling people that she had abandoned me just just for you know. <laughs> so you could sell tens of books. Exactly. Author backstory. But but that also shows that uh, that that uh, I mean I hope that that the dark humor in this book comes through and and that, that's something that that I uh, um uh you know it really inherited from her. She, she has a very nicely dark uh, sense of humor. Uh, um. And um, and that's sort of helped me through the dark years of of writing the book of the last of being an author and um, also the last the last few years have been politically dark in all kinds of ways. Um, really, the last many years have been mm-hmm. politically dark mm-hmm. in lots of ways. Well, and uh, um, so you and, politics because I would say yeah. that was something I did not expect when reading your book because I read a lot of books mm-hmm. in sci-fi and sometimes they kind of hint at politics. Yours does not pull any punches. Mm-hmm. And well, and it. you don't broadcast that at the beginning. It kind of mm-hmm. sneaks up on you, and then when it does, it's yeah. one of these things where you go, "Oh crap! I didn't I didn't realize this was happening." Did you yeah. get any pushback from anybody either in the editorial process or reviews or anybody who had any issues? I, with I, I, I wouldn't say that, that I got pushback. Uh, um, uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, the, I'm sure if, if if I went through my Goodreads, I could find a lot of people who were happy. Oh, but, don't, don't, don't read that. that. No, Goodreads. I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> I, 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 I go to good, good read sometimes because I can't help myself and, and, and sometimes they're mean but but also I feel like my you know my book's out there so and so I, I feel like that's True. um uh that's entirely fair game 
I, I think you know a lot of people say this, like don't tag our authors in negative reviews, and I would I would agree with that. There's really no reason for you to let an author know if you've written a yes. negative review about their work. Um, yes, but, even uh, it. <laughs> I, I, I think that that writing negative reviews is totally totally fair, totally fair game. Even if it hurts my feelings, you know, I put a, I put a book out there that that that's the way it is. Uh, um, uh, so, so, but, but in terms of, of, you know, how the politics came to be, I would say that, um, first of all, just kind of because I wrote the book and I, and I'm interested in this stuff. My first novel, uh, which came out through a small press, um, actually before I even had an agent, uh, um, uh, is even more political, uh, than this one. Um, it's just, it's just kind of what I'm interested in. I, I've, I've always been interested in the way that, um, uh, you know, nine 11, um, caused this big rift when I, when I was in uh, you know I was in college at, at, at the time um, to to date myself uh, as where it sounds like we're all around the same age. And then um, what to my mind was the massive uh, overreaction uh, to nine eleven that caused the curtailing of civil liberties and that caused uh, all kinds of um, uh, terrible terrible things that that uh, have continued to um, to ramify. Um, into the, into today, um, that's that's sort of what I think about when I think about the course of my life as it relates to um, uh, to the wider world. Um, now, in my own life, um, uh, because I uh, didn't serve in Afghanistan or Iraq, and uh, uh, like like many Americans, I'm fairly um, sh- uh, sheltered from uh, um, the stuff that America does. Um, but I decided to put. Um, a, a, in uh, in my book, a character who is the best friend of of, uh, of my protagonist, a character who gets very negatively affected by um, by what happens, um, and uh, um, and the, and and I I, uh, I just sort of thought through what might happen to somebody like me in this situation. I like to think that I would act better than than Venter does, um, but. Um, that's not. Uh, uh, first of all, you, you don't you don't really know that, uh, uh, and that's also not literature. It's not interesting to me, at least, when people act well. I'm more interested in people <laughs> people making the wrong decisions because most yes. people, most, most wrong, wrong <laughs> yes. But when people make the wrong decisions, then there are other people who can react to that. If the person exactly. acted right in the first place, then you don't have a story. You need yeah, to have yeah, exactly. interaction yeah. of what are you doing? Yeah, how are you sleeping at night? Yeah, I mean, people will complain um, about. Um, stories not having this is this is thankfully not a not a complaint that that I get a lot because I, I tend to be kind of plot centered, but 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 uh, people often complain that in literary fiction nothing happens, and, that, uh, and then they complain about other stories that um, in you know the the, the characters are unlikable. Um, but uh, um, have you hard. been reading my Goodreads? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I definitely get that all, get that all the time. Uh, uh, um, and I was like, there was no plot, and nothing happened. I'm like, yeah. A lot of things happened, and yeah. the characters I didn't even like them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorites are the ones that complain, but then they say, "Well, the end was good," and I'm like, right. "Yes, you got to the end." Yeah, well, 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 yeah I mean, that, that, to a certain extent, that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, um, you yes. Know, if, if you get the end that, that that's that's really really better but uh, um uh but having characters who are not likable is a much better way of getting things to happen than characters who are likable um and characters who make the characters who make the right decision you know great for them 
But okay, but I'm going to argue that that making the right decision isn't the question of whether or not a character is likable. Because that's, I think that's, that's exactly the things yep. later, mm-hmm. you already had established a character that was so nuanced and real that you completely, like, I knew what he was going to do because you would establish him. So he wasn't acting exactly. out of character and he wasn't an unlikable character up until that point at all. So when I was reading those, I was thinking, okay, did these people just skip the chunks that established who this was and who his, what his background was and how he'd lived his life mm-hmm. up until that point? And yes, he made some decisions along the way that you go, oh, mm. right. but that made him real. That, mm-hmm. that made this fleshed out character that I just, I needed to see to the end and see how things were going to turn out for him. Whereas there are other characters I've read that are unlikable that you're just like, and now I've stopped caring. Sure. That's a very different thing. What, 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 thank you. That, that, that's very good to hear. And I would agree with that. There, there are some writers who will take the, um, the idea of not liking likable characters too far um, and just say, like, okay, well, I'm just going to make my character behave like an asshole. And then, you know, <laughs> but there always has yeah. to be a re- like, I, yeah. I love flawed characters. Mm-hmm. As long as mm-hmm. I get that little, like, instinct of why I know why they're being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I know, bec- and especially if they, are self-aware enough, like in their inner mm-hmm. monologue to say, I know I'm an asshole right now, mm-hmm. but I can't help it. This is just who I am. But then you understand who they are and right. then you feel bad for them. I'm a yeah. sucker for that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a perfect example of that um, from a recent movie would be Uncut Gems, where, where that, that character makes terrible decision after terrible decision. But you understand why, why he's doing it, even though you really want him to, to make... So like, just do something better than that. And then yeah, exactly. like, yeah, but, but, yeah. But, but we know why he's doing it. And uh, for me, at least, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat while I'm watching that movie. So I'm a very, as a writer, I'm more character driven than plot mm-hmm. driven. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I get those criticisms like uh, yeah, right. this, had, this had no plot or whatever, mm-hmm. no plot. Right. Um, so I love a good flawed character mm-hmm. and I'll watch a movie a TV show, read a book that mm-hmm. has a character I can understand. Absolutely. I don't even need to like them. Mm-hmm. I just need to understand I, them. Yeah. And I will root for them or root against them. Mm-hmm. It's both of them are enjoyable to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I'm absolutely with you. Yeah. Um, and, 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 sorry, go ahead. No, I was. I wanted to change the subject about literary stuff. So finish what you're saying on characters. Cause uh, I, I, I was going to say that, that, that I think the character and plot um, re- really go together, uh, um, and uh, um, sometimes you you think about characters and how they um, uh, how they how they affect w- what's going on. Sometimes you think about um, what the, what situation you want your characters to be in yeah. and, and how they're going to relate. Really. But um, but uh, uh, if you're um, thinking um, seriously about story, then then it's all going to be um, related. So so. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, Jennifer, I haven't read, I haven't read any of your books, but, but I, I, okay. I, I bet <laughs> if, if, if I, if I read them, I'm going to see that, um, uh, you know, that there's a lot of, that they're not um, likable. <laughs> no, that are, um, I just, that, that there's a lot of stuff going on in the books. It, there it, it is the stuff I, going I, on. Yeah. Contrary to some exactly. people's popular no, no, beliefs. No, no. <laughs> something, something that I found from just like hanging out with writers is that like, is that I can tell if I'm going to like their books from talking, <laughs> which is, yes. you know, maybe, maybe that's something I should even say, but I can tell I would, I would like your guys' books uh, just from talking to you. So, you know, you know I, I think as authors, 
what the best thing we can do for ourselves is actually mm-hmm. just be who we are. Absolutely. And, and that's why podcasts and interviews and things like that are so crucial, especially mm-hmm. at, I don't want to say like these little podcasts, like we're not a huge, 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 huge podcast. We do mm-hmm. very well on our network, but mm-hmm. we're not like, we're not NPR. Sure. But, but we're not. I'm sorry, guys. Oh. We're not. Uh, I didn't tell them. Uh, I'm not Jonathan Franzen. Just, just yeah. <laughs> but people will hear this and they'll they'll like you. Well, thank you. Or they'll know okay. you mm-hmm. if they, even if they don't like you, they should like you. You've been likable. <laughs> and uh, and then everybody should be looking at your website that's scrolling underneath us and say, I want to find out more about David Bergerard because mm-hmm. authors as who they are, sell books Mm -hmm. just as much as books lead people back to the author. Right. Uh, I I think that that's absolutely true. And I think that um, a lot of uh, writers who don't like publicity feel that um, feel that they have to be somebody else and that they have to project um, uh, the image of the author who, you know, sits down at his computer uh, at 5 AM and, uh, and writes, uh, you know, until, until noon, um, and mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, revises uh, only you know uh, um, commas uh, because everything's in there <laughs> from the beginning, uh, um, and uh, uh, and that's not that's not who you are. Uh, um, and it, but, but oh, well, some people are like that, and if, and if that's who you some are, some people are. We haven't you know? met anybody, and we've been yeah. doing the show for a while. We right. have not met one person who's no. like, you know what. What I write is perfect, right out of my brain and into my fingers. Yeah. I mean, I haven't met anybody like that either. I'm just sort of trying to imagine that. But like, that's maybe, the maybe that's the like. image. Exactly. That's the image exactly. of you. Exactly. If you're a writer, air quotes, yeah. you write right. every day and you right. write several thousand words a day. Mm-hmm. And you're always working on that book, right, that exactly. book that's going to be the book that changes yeah. the world. Right. But but sometimes writing to me is just staring out the window for four hours Absolutely. and just getting there. And then yeah. maybe writing a sentence. Right. Some days I write 4,000 words. Yeah. Those are not usually uh, great words, but they are words. They are words. I mean, d- during the pandemic, a lot of my writing has looked like me... Uh, eating a lot of Annie's cheddar bunnies and not getting any work done, <laughs> um, you, you, you know. Uh, and then sometimes I'll sit down and I'll write a couple thousand words, or, or you know, um, or sometimes I'll write you know, uh, two hundred words and that'll be go twenty words. Uh, yeah. um, you just you just kind of do what you can. Yeah. Or scroll back, fix a couple commas. Yeah. That, and that, then go. Work's done for today. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I am conquered the comma. Yeah. I can't. I can't conquer the comma. Usually, when when, when I find myself uh, um, spending like a week on a comma, I then just like cut the chapter out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it, uh, if I think like, comma. Oh, there's something there's something wrong here. If, maybe if I just like move a couple commas around, that'll fix it. I'm like, no, no, it won't. It's it wasn't like, the comma. Yeah, exactly. It's it like the comma. If you're singing and you can't hit a note, mm-hmm. it's not that note that you can't hit. It's right. what's One happened before, before that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah I've exactly. done that too, where I spend like like hours on a paragraph that I think yeah. of, like this is really important. Yeah. And then I got it just doesn't make sense. Copy and paste it, throw it in a different random file of right. This is why our show is called Vox Vomitus or Word Vomit. Like, yeah, right. We just, we embrace yeah. the mistakes. Mm-hmm. 
Good. And and hope to learn from them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to ask. I know we're running low on time, but I, I know we're running low on time. As far as are, are we okay? Do I have time? You have time. Okay. No, I just I just wanted to ask how you went from going with a small press to mm-hmm. like the the bigger book. How was mm-hmm. that for you? And was that a deliberate choice? Was that accidental? Was that something where just the fate smiled on you? Because um, you said it was before you had yeah. your agent. And it, it, was, it was definitely a, a fate smiling on me um, kind of situation. Uh, um, my my first novel, I was sending out to agents and having no success. Um, and then uh, a friend of mine got published by this a small press out in L.A. and said, do you mind if I send, um, send them your book? And I said, sure. Not really expecting anything to happen. And then I heard back from them and they wanted to publish it. Um, now, now I got um, zero dollars for that uh, uh, for that uh, uh, deal. Um, but I also didn't, you know, you know, uh, um, uh, it didn't cost me anything, so I didn't, I didn't have to like self-publish. So, so that they they covered all the printing costs, and then I and I, and I had a book, which is pretty good. That's pretty um, good. That's, that's uh, not bad. And and, and, uh, um, uh, and that allowed me to start teaching and so forth, teaching creative writing. I had been teaching, you know, other things before that, but but now I can start teaching creative writing. And then I got an email from um, my now agent. Uh, Monica Wood saying, "Oh, hey, I, I read your book and I loved it, and I'd like to represent you." Uh, and, you, you know. Wow. <laughs> did, okay, so how did, did were you querying? No, 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 uh, no, no. At that, that point, I wasn't querying at all. Uh, 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 so, so, so I just I happened to have a friend um, who was an editor um, who had lunch with her and said, "Oh, you got to read this book," uh, um, and uh, and and she did, and she loved it. Um, and, uh, um, and so that's what happened. And, and she's since become, uh, one of my closest friends and she's, she's a terrific agent. And I hope never, I hope never to be out there again. <laughs> I hope never to be, to be uh, I feel like once again. you find good people that like rep you, whether it's a publicist, yeah. an agent or an mm-hmm. editor, right. um, you just like cling on to them, like, mm-hmm. like Rose did on that Titanic door. Right. Sure. You know, yeah, just yeah, like, there you go. Like I'm not letting go. There's no room for Jack. Yeah. There's <laughs> room for me. I, I won't ask who Jack is in, in that analogy, but but oh. I, I, think, I, I think you're right. <laughs> I think the rest of the world is. Yeah, right really, just, uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, you know, any other any other agent, any other editor. That's, yeah, like, that's, that's the that Jack. Can, it's like yeah, you are my you person. Go. You're my person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it sounds like you have the relationship then that it wasn't for just this particular manuscript. Yeah, right. you have this relationship and. Mm-hmm. It, you don't have a contract for the next book, but this person's right. going to be out there representing you for that book and making yep. sure that that book gets found so that we can read it because I want to read it. Thank you very much. I love I'm, this. I'm, I'm looking forward. To it. So, so is that first book then? Is that not available now, or can we no, still? No, 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 it's available. Yeah, I'm like looking at a psycho. I'm like, no, it's available. You said you got. You got so I'm like going, is this book? Did it get hidden somewhere, or we can still go find it? No, you can. You can still go find it. Okay. Go dig it up. Uh, you know, find the ebook, or, or uh, uh, there's still print copies, so so you can you can order it. If, uh, um, the, actually, my publisher, that small publisher, Rare Bird, does a really terrific job. They make really beautiful books. So uh, actually, I recommend the book as a physical object, uh, and I feel like I can do that because uh, I didn't have anything to do with creating the book as a physical object. Uh, um, but uh, um, but they did a really terrific job with it, and uh, and there are still copies flying around there. So I love the calling dibs on one. Okay. Right. Uh, awesome. Good book. Book. You just like plugged your book inadvertently, Allison. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. When you have a word, like one word title, you can do that really easily. I know. I can't work my titles into a book. No. But anyways, um, <laughs> I am very 
Sorry to say we are out of time. Well, this was a pleasure. Thank you. You were wonderful. Thank you. Thank, you, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to my Vox Vomitus Vixens. As always, I have a few quick announcements. Uh, Saturday, we have a special Saturday morning edition of Vox Vomitus with Elizabeth Gifford. She is in, I want to say England or Scotland. I can't remember off the top of my head, which is why we are going live Saturday morning. That's cool. Which is awesome. Next Wednesday, we are going to be back with our normal time with Greta Kelly, which is great. And then. Thursday, this is a shameless plug for me. I am co-hosting or one of the guest hosts of the Writer Showcase. We are back from hiatus. I will be interviewing Paul Tremblay at 7 p.m. next Thursday. I will fangirl. I might cry. I've done it before in front of him. I don't know why he's coming back again. But I'm kind of surprised he agreed to it, honestly. You know, <laughs> I feel like I'm better this time. I was like, I'm cool now. He's like, all right. Sure. Uh, so that is what's happening next week. Interview-wise, follow our Facebook page. Uh, you'll get all of the updates. Thank you to Roman Sorotin, our video director and our showrunner. Thank you to Pam Stack, the executive producer at the Global Authors on the Air Network. This has been a copywritten podcast by Global Authors on the Air, and we will see you all next Saturday or this Saturday at noon. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. There, I got the time right. Thank you.